You're listening to Megiddo Radio. Megiddo Radio is a radio ministry of Megiddo Media. For more, visit our website at megiddoradio.com. That's megiddoradio.com. Welcome, everybody. This is Paul Flynn with Megiddo Radio, episode number 512. In this program, we're going to be looking at a statement that was put out by the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. This, I saw this a few weeks ago, but it's only really now I'm getting around to looking at it. It's kind of a New Year's message. And something that I really believe that needs to be covered. I don't think it's anything new per se. And there is a sense in which, yes, this is more part of the course. But it's important that we realize certain churches around the world, which ones we should be what kind of relationship we need to have with these churches. Now, the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, I know of a, or at least I've had good conversations with a number within the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. They seem like solid guys, but, and... Men, if you're listening to this, or if anybody's listening to this who is a member of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, you are part of a denomination which is walking hand-in-hand with Antichrist. The Pope of Rome. You may be used to this. Um, I was talking to somebody once, and uh, they're having to deal with people who reject part of the scriptures in the presbytery meetings and things like this. So I think you just get, you can get so used to certain errors being tolerated in your own denomination. Now, before I look into this, probably people say, well, what can we do about this? If you see rank apostasy around it, you've got two options. You've got to make an absolute nuisance of yourself. Now, I don't mean you're just seeking to be belligerent for belligerent's sake. You be faithful. But but in being faithful in such an environment, you will be a nuisance to people. If you're getting along with an incredibly ecumenical crowd, you may think you're changing them when in fact they're changing you. And indeed, if if people want to remain in, I don't know, various different denominations like Methodism and depends on the group I'm talking about. I can't talk about every single group and I, Anglicanism around the world, I know it can vary. I'm not incredibly well up in every single Anglican group. There's some that are more connected to the Archbishop of Canterbury than others. But I'm talking about the typical one where there's a lot of unbelievers in the pulpits. 
No, I don't believe you should stay. I don't know how you can stay within communion with, with, with such groups. However, if you are, you can either be faithful to Christ or you're going to be faithful to the desires of people of no interest in Christ. So I'm going to read through. This is the Church Leaders 2024 New Year message. It's uh, it's on the, the Presbyterian Church in Ireland website. I'm also going to look at a few other things as well during this program. And reading through this made me kind of ill, I'll be honest. Um, so Church Leaders 2024 New Year's message, moderator, Church and Society statements, Church Leaders section, it's on. If the members, it says or the predecessors of the church leaders group in Ireland were to write a book, it would be entitled The Long Walk to Peace, unquote. As they explain in their New Year's message, it would be taken from a similar title of the late President Nelson Mandela's used for his autobiography, The Long Walk to Freedom. Just as an aside, and this is not really the main... If, if they were just quoting from Nelson Mandela, I wouldn't probably say too much, not that I'm a fan of Nelson Mandela, I'm far furthest thing from it, um, given the violence that Nelson Mandela was involved with, and the communism, and uh, <laughs> the dangerous activities he was involved in, yeah, he's, um, he, his uh, legacy is not as uh, impressive as some people think, but if it was just that, I wouldn't say much about it, but I don't think it's, I would say it's, I don't think it's the wisest thing to be quoting from Nelson Mandela, not the greatest example to follow. Um, yes, not a big fan of apartheid, but what replaced it was far worse, I believe, another form of racism in the land, but I digress. This statement on, and the state, this statement from, I'm guessing this is from uh, the moderator, but this seems to be from all these different quote-unquote church leaders. Presbyterian moderator Dr. Sam Mawinney joined the, ch the, ch the Church of Ireland Archbishop of Armagh. The presidents of the Methodist Church in Ireland and Irish Council of Churches along with the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Armagh as they reflect on the year past which included the 25th anniversary of the Good F Belfast Good Friday Agreement. They point out, now just, if you're listening to this and you don't know what the Belfast Good Friday Agreement is, long and short of it is, it's uh, a kind of an agreement that was come to in Northern Ireland that many would attribute to peace and uh, a number of others would see it as compromise, but Long and short of it, they would a lot of people would see it as a good thing, and uh, led to peace, all that kind of thing. Right? They point out it says that a whole generation has now come and gone, and much has changed. Although we have travelled a long way, there is still a distance to go in our journey to peace. Much work remains to be done. Now. So this is the backdrop of this is like talking about peace in Northern Ireland and yes 
for a couple of decades, it was pretty bad. Um, a lot of people suffered and you would never, ever want to go back to those days. But we can't use past suffering, and it was really, really terrible what people went through on both sides. That truth is compromised in any way, especially about the Lord. And if people really, really want peace, it comes through the true gospel and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It does not come through joining with groups that preach a false gospel. We'll get into that a little bit later. The senior church leaders, it says, were reminded of the fact that Jesus' life and ministry were based on faith, hope, and love. As we try to faithfully follow the steps of the Master seeking to love God and our neighbor, may the words of St. Paul encourage us to work more closely together for a better future. So then let us pursue the things that make for peace and build up of one another. And if you read this and you had no idea what the Roman Catholic Church teaches and all this, you would think that they're all Christians. You would think that they're all followers of Jesus Christ. The Roman Catholic Church denies the doctrine of faith alone. It denies justification by faith alone. Justification involves changing of the inner man and involves the works of the sinner themselves. It's a grace mixed with works. This even came out in the book Evangelicals and Catholics Together that in order to get agreement between the Protestants and the Catholics, all you had to do was drop the word alone from drop the soul as faith alone, Christ alone. So they're presenting themselves as all Christians. Have we really that little knowledge of the Reformation and what it stood for? There's a pocket of men who genuinely preach the gospel in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. A pocket. There's a huge amount of it that preaches another gospel. And you're in with that. And, you, and your moderator is representing you. as a representative mixing in with this so in this statement it says text of church leaders 2024 new year message it says in his autobiography, Long Walk to Freedom, the late Nelson Mandela wrote, No one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. If they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes naturally to the human heart, then it's opposite. That's a terrible quote because it's 
not what the Bible teaches at all, but we'll get into that in a second. It says, if we as church leaders in Ireland, along with our predecessors, were to write a book, it might be titled similar to the reference above, we would probably change the word freedom to peace. It has been, quote, long walked peace in this island and between its peoples. Okay, so if you're going to say that, well, we're not born hating, well, we're born hating God, and we're born in rebellion against God, and we're born again rebellion against the law of God, which is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and the second table of the law, to love our neighbor as ourself. Hate comes, hating God and hating our neighbor comes naturally to us. We have to learn not to be selfish and actually to love. It's not like a blank slate. This is more akin to Pelagianism than it is Christianity, this quote. I don't... I mean, there's people who would hold to the 16th century council. Trent would probably blush at this. Now... The third paragraph down in this text of the Church Leaders 2024 New Year message. During 2023, reflect on the 25 years which have passed since the signing of the Belfast Good Friday Agreement. It has been a long walk and occasionally picked up pace. At other times, was reduced to a crawl and still ongoing. Now, just a little aside, okay? The, we, we should pray for political progress, etc. and so on. I'm really no expert in a, a number of the things regarding um, the agreement in 1998 with the Good Friday Agreement, but a lot of compromise and a lot of it not good was brought about for temporary peace. But we shouldn't use any backdrop of peace, war, or anything else. Like in the if in the middle of Ukraine and Russia, and said, "Well, we just got to get together with people who teach a false gospel in order to have peace in the land." What what should you do? No, you stand for peace. Whatever you stand for, truth and true peace, which comes through Jesus Christ and the true gospel, not a false gospel. Statement goes on to say, since the signing of the agreement in 1998, a whole generation has now come and gone, and much has changed in our world on a global scale as well as a local level. But very few people living in these islands would want to return to the past. Yeah, look, I was raised Roman Catholic. I didn't. I'm not from Northern Ireland. Um, I live in Northern Ireland. I really, we, myself, my family really enjoy living in Northern Ireland. People are really nice. And we should be friendly to our neighbors, Roman Catholic or whatever they are. Friendly to our neighbors. It does not mean that I join with my Roman Catholic neighbors, who I'm to love, by the way, and present that they too are followers of Jesus Christ when they're not. 
to follow the gospel of the Roman Catholic Church is to follow a different gospel. And to follow the Pope of Rome is to follow the Antichrist. Chapter 25 of the Westminster Confession of Faith, and that is historic Christianity. From at least about the 7th century, if not, if not even a bit earlier, right the way forward to the Reformation. Really only been abandoned by churches in the last 200 years. That the Pope of Rome is that son of, the man of sin and son of perdition. And then you have a representative of the Presbyterian Church and along with other churches that are not very, very solid in any way, shape, or form, joining together with a servant of Antichrist. No, we wouldn't want to go back to the past, but ever since the fall of Adam, there has been war taking place all around us. We need lasting peace, which comes through the Prince of Peace. We need what only the Lord Jesus Christ can bring. Not the Pope of Rome. It says in a statement, we therefore need to stay clearly focused on the future with a renewed commitment to the process of building relationships of mutual respect and trust. Although we have traveled a long way, there's still some distance to go in our journey to peace. Much work remains to be done. We can have peace with our neighbors. We're not at war with each other, you know, physically taking up arms against each other without having to sacrifice truth in order to get there. And to, to point out the Presbyterian Church in Ireland should not have anything to do with the Roman Catholic Church. They should not be signing statements together. We are not those who believe in the true gospel are not on the same page as the Church of Rome. And there's been so much watering down of the language because this woman who rides the beast seduces and entices away from the truth. Now she's called a harlot in Revelation 17. The Roman Catholic Church prep represents a particular danger. Always has. Ever since it formally rejected, during the Council of Trent, faith alone for justification. They've been cut off from the visible church. Openly in opposition, officially with opposition to the true gospel of grace alone, through Christ alone, by faith alone. It says, as we acknowledge in our St. Patrick's Day statement back in 2021, as Christian churches, we have often been 
captive churches, not captive to the Word of God, but to the idols of state and nation. The shackles of our trouble and troubled and difficult past have restrained and hindered us. I, yeah, there's a certain maybe element of truth in that, but the Roman Catholic Church is not captive to the Word of God either. This is deceptive language. Uh, because I said relationships have been damaged, yet we also need to appreciate that healing takes time. Nelson Mandela was right in these observations. People are not born hating others. It is something which they learn. Again, are you saying people aren't born sinners? People aren't born hating God. People aren't born hating. Who wrote this? We need, therefore, it says, to ensure that we teach our children to love, respect, and care for one another. As they learn to love is str stranger than hate, good overcomes evil, light shatters darkness. Yes, but what is love? How do you define love? According to the law of God. And if something is against the law of God, if something is against the gospel of God, it is darkness. And that is the Roman Catholic Church and a number of other of these churches, by the way, they're associated. But I'm, the Roman Catholic Church is one of the most obvious examples. I can't speak as clearly about the Methodist Church in Ireland. Um, church, the Church of Ireland is not great either. I mean, none of these churches are particularly strong in their witness are particularly clear or have any you would struggle to get a clear profession of faith from a preacher within Anglican churches are there exceptions yeah of course there are I can think of Alec Mateer for example his books are great and there are exceptions But don't think yourself that you're too strong not to follow the example of those who are walking with Antichrist. And that you can't be seduced over to idolatry. It is incredibly dangerous. What is, what is the real war? What we need is real peace is this war between the two seeds identified in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where the seed of the woman, that is Christ, crushes the head of the serpent. So there's that enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And that war will continue until Jesus brings peace, not politicians. who want to be popular with the people. Not, and yes, I'm talking about so-called preachers here, who are really politicians, who are trying to be popular with the people in front of them. 
Samuel Rutherford once said, duties are ours, but events are God, are God's. What he meant by that is this, and we must be faithful in our duties. What occurs out of that is in the hands of God. Returning to the statement here in the PCI website and the Presbyterian Church in Ireland website, we enter in a new year in which war, violence, and conduct now overshadow so much of our world. With our experiences here in the land, we may encourage and support others to take those first steps down the road to peace and to walk the way of reconciliation, to seek to heal and not to hurt. This is so open-ended. What do you mean? In what sense? Reconciliation. What way of reconciliation? The way of reconciliation is the true gospel. Through Jesus Christ. If you reject that, then you're really rejecting reconciliation. Now, was like to what to seek to heal and not hurt. What was it like? What not to be nasty with each other, not to be just to be nice with each other. It says our our Lord our Lord Jesus Christ's life and ministry were based on faith, hope, and love. We try to faithfully follow the statement says, in the steps of the Master, seeking to love God and our neighbor. May the works of sin. St. Paul, we've already kind of quoted that. He's quoting, so let us pursue the things that make for peace and build up of one another. Like, yeah, when you finally do quote scriptures, you, you make it a political thing. Rather than, well, rather than what it's actually talking about. Romans chapter 14 and verse 6. Verse 19, sorry. Romans 14 and verse 19. Verse 18 says this, For he that is in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. I'm not aware of any of these, none of these groups largely follow God. Verse 17 of this text that has been quoted here, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not these physical things of this world, this physical peace that they're seeking after. Verse 19, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. It's in the body of Christ. The Roman Catholic Church is not part of the body of Christ. Much of these other communions are not either. For me, destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. So is it talking about political peace here? Or is it talking about the things that aid in peace? Verse 18, For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Serveth Christ. If you serve Antichrist, does it sound like you serve Christ? And should you be walking, joining hands together, accepting one another? Surely, 
in the process of studying for the ministry, or at any point down along the line, someone has looked into the history of the Reformation and seen the Confession of Faith, perhaps, the Westminster Confession of Faith, and seen these words. If you've read, you know, because I don't even know how many of these people who swear to the Westminster Confession of Faith. Now, it's a kind of a, the Presbyterian Church in Ireland has a very modified way of looking at how they swear to the Westminster Confession of Faith. They're basically saying that they're basically bowing or basically swearing to what the church tells you the Westminster Confession of Faith says. It interprets it for you. So you're basically following the church courts at that point. You're not following the creed. Which, of course, changes all the time. It's majority mob rule at that point. But the Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 25, paragraph 6, there is no other head of the church but the Lord Jesus Christ, nor can the Pope of Rome in any sense be head thereof. But is that Antichrist, that man of sin and son of perdition, that exalted himself in the church against Christ, against Christ, and in and all that is called God. And one of these men, at the end of this, they're pictured together, side by side with each other. Eamon Martin, so-called most reverend Eamon Martin, Roman Catholic Archbishop of Armagh and Primate of all Ireland. And who is his superior? the Pope of Rome, whom he serves. The Antichrist. He exalt himself in the church against Christ. Can you serve two masters? Can you serve two masters? Now, I remember watching an interview with Sam Winnie, and I thought, okay, maybe, maybe, because he was willing to say that he was not for women, was it, I think it was women in the ministry, was it elders? Well, women shouldn't be elders or ministers, or deacons for that matter. Or, by the way, the little way people kind of get around it, the committees, the women shouldn't be serving that either, but I digress. Um, I thought maybe, okay, I wouldn't have put it that way, but I thought, okay, maybe there's potential with him, maybe. And I I think the sad thing is, never spoken to him or anything like that, but I I just wonder if it's going to be, well, I'm here to represent the General Assembly, it's not up to me. I just go where I'm sent by the General Assembly. I don't agree with everything. Does that sound like excuses you make? That's how church leaders end up here. Or far worse. You make excuses for why you have to do that specific sin. Oh, we don't agree with it. It's imperfect. But... It's not my decision. 
say, well, what could he have done as a moderator? Uh, protest? Don't go. Show your opposition to it. Don't join hand in hand with the Council of Churches. There's options. But there, your option is not walking hand in hand with Antichrist, with the Roman Catholic Church. There's also, there's also another group here that, at the end of this statement, uh, the somebody called Andrew Forster, the Right Reverend Andrew Forster, President of the Irish Council of Churches. I years ago I did a bit of research in the Council of Churches and not very good stuff, by the way. I thought maybe that hoping there'd been some improvement over the years and but if you look at they do present themselves look they present they come together and they present themselves as christian communities in ireland willing to join in united efforts to promote spiritual physical morals social welfare of the people so they they present themselves as a christian they present themselves as the church of various quarters and who are they made up of um, so i'm going on the website here I had it there a second ago. Ah, here we go. So, anyway, in this one, Antiochian Orthodox Church. Not good. Um, Church of Ireland. Okay. Not good in practice, at least their doctrinal statement is not officially denying the gospel of grace that I'm aware of. Methodist Church in, in Ireland, not none of these places are particularly strong. Orthodox Church, it's very ecumenical. It's just like... And then non-subscribing Presbyterian Church. Uh, yeah, they don't have any confession of faith whatsoever. And Rome is quite happy to join along with these little statements here and there. So we're all Christian churches joining hand in hand. Let's look at a few things while we're here. So... You might be listening to this and not completely convinced of where Rome lies on various things. The current, the current 
Catechism of the Catholic Church. This is official teaching. In that catechism, you can find this online, by the way. It's published a number of times. It has been since the 1990s. On justification, in paragraph 1987, 1987, it says this, The grace of the Holy Spirit has the power to justify us, that is, to cleanse us from our sins and to communicate to us the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ and through baptism. Yeah, they see baptism is an instrument of that. There's a lot of things you could quote here. Um, you see, for Rome, justification is not what the Reformation declared, which was this. Justification is not what happens inside the person, the, the inward change, which undoubtedly happens in a person that's been born again that they look to Christ. It is... That declaration before God of righteous and holy because of the merits of Jesus Christ. That's why you know, Martin Luther would say just and sinner. We're just in Jesus Christ, declared to be righteous, but yet we're still sinners. In Rome's view of it, the Roman Catholic Church's view of things, And there's also other corruptions and the other members of the Irish Council of Churches on top of it. But it, it includes sanctification and the renewal of the interior man. So really what ends up happening in the Roman Catholic Church, it is the degree to which you have been sanctified. And it's based upon inner righteousness that this that you are justified and declared to be righteous before God the problem with that is we are sinners and if it has anything to do with anything within us our sanctification in this world will never be complete that's one of the reasons why a Roman Catholic can never be sure of their salvation how are they ever going to get to that point where they can be accepted before God and this is why you've got purgatory and other things. So the difference between the Protestant and the biblical view of it is it is based upon the merits of Jesus Christ. It is an alien righteousness imputed to our account, not of works of the sinner, lest any man should boast. It's Christ's finished work alone, by faith, alone. Um, another statement from the Catholic Catechism justification is at the same time the acceptance of God's righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ righteousness or justice here means the resistitude of divine love with justification faith hope and charity are poured into our hearts and obedience in the divine will is granted to us so this is kind of an infused righteousness into the person that's Rome's view, versus 
an imputed righteousness, which is accredited to our account. They are very, very different things. It also states that, this is the Catholic Catechism again, 1992, part of this says justification is conferred in baptism, the sacrament of faith. So this is, there's a, a sacramentalism. That, that, sanctif- uh, that sanctification, justification, these things come through the sacraments of the church. Another practical denial of Christ alone. Another part in 1995, it says justification entails the sanctification of his whole being. So they mistake justification with the sanctification that takes place in this world, what you have is a changing of the inner man that takes place. Yes, we believe that. But would any of us say that we are, we've reached a level of sanctification in this world by which we will be acceptable or good enough before God? And even if we could get to a point that, say, from this point onwards, and we we never will, where we will never sin again and we will perfectly keep the law of God, you still have our past sins. You can't mix grace and works. Either it's all of grace, which is the gospel, or it's all of works, which is Pelagianism. I look for one more. Um, so, and you can see this also if you look at merit, the section on merit, paragraph 208. Man merits it. They say, oh, it's through grace that he merits it, but he st- merits are God's gifts, they say. It says in paragraph two or twenty twenty seven, they'll say, "Okay, it's by grace alone." The initial part: no one can merit the initial grace, which is in the origins of conversion, moved by the Holy Spirit. We can merit for ourselves. This is Rome's teaching, and for others, all the graces needed to attain eternal life. It's not that's a denial of Christ alone. It's Christ's work alone that merits. eternal life for all who believe in him. No, it becomes Christ plus plus the work of the sinner. They'll say, oh yeah, it's by grace because he's been enabled by that. And if you want more clarification on this, I'll just grab the Council of Trent. Never been repudiated, by the way. And then in the sixth session on justification, Canon 9, there's, all, there's lots of places I could quote from here, but here's probably the one of the clearest. If anyone says that the sinner is justified by faith alone, by the way, that's us who are Christians, and I hope that Sam Winnie and um, the the Church of Ireland 
Archbishop. I have I don't know anything about him. I hope that they believe in faith alone. Or the president of the Methodist Church in Ireland, or But the official teaching of the Roman Catholic Church is says this, and you know, Trent is, is still authoritative. If anyone says that the sinner is justified by faith alone, meaning that nothing else is required to cooperate in order to obtain the grace of justification, and that it is not in any way necessary that he is prepared and disposed by the action of his own will, let him be anathema. So if you believe justification by faith alone, if you believe that, Trent says, you are accursed. Can 11 of the sixth session of the Council of Trent, if anyone says that men are justified either by the sole imputation or the imputation alone of the justice of Christ or by the sole remission of sins, to the exclusion of the grace and character which is poured forth in their hands by the hearts by the Holy Spirit and remains in them or also by the grace which we are justified is only the goodwill of God let them be anathema you see if you exclude the works that that the sinner merits from salvation Rome says let them be anathema that you be anathema. So if you believe the men are justified by the imputation of the just of Christ or by the sole remission of sins to the exclusion. Now I know it sounds like, oh yeah, we do believe in grace, but look at how Rome does works with grace. Grace, grace really becomes enabling to do works of merit. So, to the exclusion of the grace and character which is poured forth in the heart. So, the character poured forth in the hands of the heart, Holy, Holy Ghost, which, yeah, it does happen, but in sanctification, and remains in them, and also that the grace by which we are justified is only the goodwill of God, let him be anathema. You see, it has to have something to do. It has to have something to do with the sinner. So if you believe faith alone, let them be anathema. If you believe the justification either by the sole imputation of the justice of Christ or the righteousness of Christ, let them be anathema. So that's the Council of Trent. How are we supposed to make peace with a false gospel? How? And not only that, you put in a quote where it says, well, no one has taught, no one, what was it, oh, the, the Mandela quote. Where did that go? Yeah, he said, um, no one is born hating. 
another person for the color of the skin. There's all sorts of reasons why somebody might hate another person. Color of skin is obviously a bad reason and all sorts of things. But we are, by nature, the children of wrath. That's the Bible. <laughs> I mean, does anybody believe this from these churches? Does anybody believe these things? I'm serious. Who signed off on this or failed to see this? There's the... There's joining the hands with... with, with the, the servant of Antichrist, which is this uh, archbishop, but we are born out of the womb. We have been conceived in iniquity. Psalm 51 is a verse four. This is original sin. In Adam all die. We've been born in Adam. We have, we're, we are sinners. We don't become sinners. We are sinners. And the law of God includes love of God and also love of neighbor. So by nature, we're children of wrath. By nature, we are selfish. By nature, yeah, we love ourselves. By nature, we're idolaters. By nature, it doesn't come naturally to us to love. Now, when by Various, like you can have people who are on, are not believers and have a degree of love for various people and they're, they've generally more joy in their lives and things like that. We've, because we're in the image of God. But man has fallen. Man has fallen. And I just wonder what would happen to a lot of these statements if we would put the scriptures first and not politics. Yes, I know this is probably, you're, you're expected to do this. What is it? As soon as you do this, as soon as you become moderator or any representative, but you're joining hands with enemies of the gospel, presenting them off as friends. Just leave you with one quote before we finish. This is from the Confession of Bohemia. This is a Reformation confession, and I just thought it'd be helpful to read this along with the quotation from earlier in the Westminster Confession of Faith. This is from the 10th section or sorry chapter 8 of the holy church of the godly institution and government thereof and of discipline also of antichrist herewithal it is also taught that the mischievous and wicked antichrist shall sit in the temple of god to wit in the church of whom the prophets christ our lord and the apostles have foretold us and warn us to take heed of him that the simple sort among the faithful might avoid him and not suffer themselves to be seduced by him. Daniel 9.27 and 12.11. Matthew 24.15 and there's other, quote, there's other scripture verse 
references as well. Now in Antichrist, we are to acknowledge a double overthwartness, to wit, dishonesty and deceit. The first is an overthwartness of mind and opinion, or a bringing in of false doctrine, clean contrary to the meaning of Christ our Lord and of the Holy Scripture, whereof the apostles speaketh after this sort. The time will come when they will not suffer any longer the holy doctrine, but having their ears itching, shall after their own lusts give them an heap of teachers, and shall turn their ears from the truth, and shall give, be given unto fables. Second Timothy four, three, and Second Peter three three. The other evil or offence which we are considered. In Antichrist is a corrupt and naughty life, giving unto others a very ill example, and which is full of horrible sins, hurtful filthiness, and all kind of vices, which in the Antichristian church are openly practiced, and that freely without any kind of punishment, whereof the apostle saith, This know also, then the last days shall come perilous times, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, speakers of curses, disobedient to parents, unthankful, profane, without natural affection, such as cannot be appeased, false accusers, intemperate, fierce, not lovers of, nor desirous of that which is good, traitorous, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a show of godliness but denying the power thereof. Turn away, therefore, from such, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 5, for which time also Christ forspake in these words, and then many shall be offended at these examples, and shall betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets shall arise and deceive many, and because iniquity shall increase many ways, the love of many shall be cold. But he that endureth to the end, he shall be saved. Matthew 24, verses 10 to 13. These words are to be understood of them, which do continue in the doctrine of Christ, enduring all adversities, wherewith they are assailed. And in another place Christ crieth out, Woe to the world because of offenses, Matthew, 5, Matthew 18, verse 7, And blessed is he that shall not be offended in me, Matthew 11 and verse 8. Will we listen to those warnings of the seduction, of the deceit, of the corruption of Antichrist and all those who follow her and all those who follow the corrupt doctrines that she teaches? Friends, this is no joke. And while we may seek for the wrong type of peace, it will leave people in the worst place possible that is at war with God. Do you have peace with God? Do you have faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ alone? Have you forsaken your sin and placed all your tr trust, all your confidence in Jesus Christ? And are you listening to his word? Are you following after him and being fed by the faithful preaching of the Word of God. This has been Paul Flynn. May God bless you all.